Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Reshot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the blue paint. Reshot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, Reshot, Martinez, save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry set awaits. There's the center pass. Left timer, score! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 champ. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in tonight. Obviously, uh, it was a tragic uh, weekend, and it continues to be a very sad time in the Edmonton sports community. As, as I'm sure you heard, Tim Haig uh, passed away as uh, the result of a boxing match with uh, former Edmonton Eskimo Adam Braidwood at the Shaw on Friday. Tim uh, passing away yesterday. And uh, it's one of those things uh, where you're in a position like this. You talk to a lot of people, and, and you hear a lot of different things. And uh, the the bottom line is it just all boils down to uh, something incredibly tragic. Certainly, you can, uh, I'm sure you've seen on, uh, heard on 630 Chat or gone on uh, the 630 Chat website or the Global News website uh, about the person who Tim Haig was. He was a f- formerly uh, in MMA. He had five UFC fights. Uh, he he moved over to boxing. 34 years old. He was a teacher. Uh, and uh, just a very well-liked and well-respected guy who who wanted to be in there, who wanted to compete, who wanted to box. Uh, should he have been in there? That's that's a question that obviously is hovering over this. Uh, I, I know from from holding this position, there there are people who don't like the Edmonton Combative Sports Commission, uh, who don't like Pat Reed, who is the executive director of that. I, I don't know if it's fair necessarily to point the blame at any one person. Uh, when it comes to this, because unfortunately there's a lot that goes into a tragedy like this. Um, there's obviously going to be uh, an investigation by the ECSC. The uh, city of Edmonton is going to conduct a third-party review, so that's all going to happen. It's certainly not going to uh, take away what happened here. You, you just hope that... Uh, I, I don't know if I can, I, I can... I can sit here and say you hope that this doesn't happen again, uh, but I think the bottom line is that would be incredibly naive of me to say that if, as the sport of boxing and, and combat sports in general, whether you want to talk about MMA or whatever, uh, as they continue, I, I think it would be naive of me to say um, you hope this... I mean, you could hope it doesn't happen again, but th- that's not realistic, unfortunately. In, in sports in general, people get injured. Sometimes those are incredibly serious. And uh, you know, let's let's face it. The the raw and sad truth is that, that probably you know a sport, not probably a sport like boxing. You could probably put auto racing up there. We're finding more and more now about the impact of brain injuries on football and hockey players. Uh, physical combat, aggressive sports 
sometimes lead to serious injury and sometimes lead to death. You can certainly take, take steps to limit that. I don't know if you can totally get rid of it. But there's a, you know, from people I've talked to today, Tim Haig wanted to be in the ring against Adam Braidwood. He did want to fight. There's some questions about whether the fight should have been sanctioned because of uh, knockouts that Tim had experienced over the last couple of years. Um, he did have a he did have a fight in uh, in April in Lethbridge. Now there is a 60 day policy where if you're knocked out you're not supposed to fight for 60 days given that he was okay uh maybe he wasn't okay given some things that had happened in the past so this is going to be looked into it's just the bottom line it's 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 a tragic day i i did i did reach out to some of um uh, people who know tim very well uh just coming from the perspective of you know would you like to would you like to let people know who Tim was as a person his legacy uh why he was important uh, not really so much as an athlete but as a human being uh as i understand it it happens sometimes uh, those requests uh, were either not uh, replied to or were declined which i understand i was you know i was hoping to give paint a little picture of Tim as a person maybe we'll do that at some other time uh down the road but uh you know, it's it's obviously incredibly tragic. Uh, Adam Braidwood, again, the former Edmonton Eskimo, was the opponent in that. Adam texts again to 630-630. He says, the commission here is horrible. So many cases of problems have been a result of them. We have a massive event in UFC coming, and this could affect that too. Uh, you know, I don't want to... Thanks for that text, Adam. You can always text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. I don't want to steer it too far off the very individual strategy of of Tim Haig passing away. Um, But again, if you hope things come out of this that could perhaps change the way things are structured or minimize the risk of, and I don't think you can eliminate it, but minimize the risk of this happening again down the road. Alberta is a little different because there is no provincial commission for combat sports. And, and maybe that necessarily wouldn't be any better because you could still have mistakes or inconsistencies and things like that. But you have no provincial commission for combat sports. So you have municipalities handling it. So I mentioned, you know, Tim Haig fought in Lethbridge, then he fights in Edmonton. So there's got to be consistent paperwork and all that kind of stuff and I think sometimes those things could break down maybe that's going to come out of this is that Alberta will step in line with what other provinces do maybe that's going to prove to be a better system Rob Smythe is the uh, deputy city manager for citizen services he had this to say today during a news conference at City Hall we want to ensure that our policies and procedures are uh are responsive to the community and and making sure that these events are absolutely as safe as they possibly can be. Um, obviously, safety is the um, safe outcomes are are the fundamental outcome we're looking for. Uh, so we, that's where we where we want to go. And did we are do our existing procedures and policies ensure these events are as safe as possible? And this was this was just a a, a tragic event, or is there lessons we can learn? All right, so that's Rob Smythe, uh, Deputy City Manager with Citizen Services. Uh, you know, you've probably seen uh, statements from KO Boxing from the Edmonton Combative Sports Commission. I'm not just going to sit here and, and read all those out. And I, never, and, I, and I don't think this is a time to sit here and point fingers or overanalyze it because I think there's a lot of people feeling like, what if, you know, they themselves could have 
done something different? What if somebody else had done something different? I, I think that unfortunately there's a lot of that going on at this time. There, there will be there there will be reviews of this. You, you hope that somehow there is change for the better. And uh, again, just condolences to Tim Hague's family and friends. Got a text here from Aaron who says Tim was truly a super guy, a real gentle giant. He loved kids, especially his own. That is from uh, Aaron. Sean texting in, Reed, has anyone heard from Adam Braidwood? He must be devastated. It is heartbreaking. Uh, I, I can tell you I have briefly been in touch with uh, Adam Braidwood and... Uh, not, not any real comments there that uh, uh, that I think uh, I'm going to share. Uh, he was he was perfectly uh, polite. Obviously, he's been interviewed on this show before, but no real uh, newsworthy comments out of my conversations, uh, limited conversations with Adam at this point. So uh, that that was a tough one. That was a tough one over the over the weekend for the city of Edmonton for sure, and for the boxing community. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 6:30. Chad, I do appreciate that you're listening uh, tonight. We have a lot to talk to as we move along through the evening. The Edmonton Eskimos are getting ready to kick off their season that is Saturday against the BC Lions. The Edmonton Oilers announced their protected list. For the expansion draft, which will be held Wednesday, during well, the they're going to pick their team. Uh, Vegas said they'll pick their team tomorrow, but the team will be announced Wednesday during the award show in Las Vegas. The draft is coming up Friday and Saturday in Chicago. We'll have exclusive live coverage for you right here on 6:30. Chet, DeAnthony Batiste is going to be on the show tonight. We got lots of Oilers to talk about. I'm always happy to hear from you on whatever you'd like to chime in about. 780-496-0063. Phone number is the phone number. The text line is 6:30-6:30. We're coming right back. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 616 Inside Sports on 630. Chad, I mentioned we got draft coverage Friday and Saturday. We have the Eskimos season opener at the BC Lions Saturday night, 630 for the countdown to kickoff and 8 o'clock for the actual kickoff. They don't just call it the pregame show anymore, Warren. It's the countdown to kickoff. It's actually just Morley Scott counting down for an hour and a half. I would, I would so listen to that. So the Oilers protected list, as we suspected. Dreisaitl, Eberle, Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, Latestu, Cassian, Maroon for the forwards. Sekera, Larson, Clefbaum as the defenseman, Talbot as the goaltender. Two years or less of pro experience, you're exempt which is why you see Connor McDavid on neither the protected list nor the available list. He cannot be claimed by Las Vegas, just to clarify that. I know there are a couple nervous Nellies out there on Twitter. Uh, when was that? Yesterday morning. There's a, a lot of speculation that Griffin Reinhardt's going to be the guy to go. I, I, I've been looking at all the mock drafts people are doing. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know... If Benoit Pouliot's going to be the guy, I, I saw that. I, I just don't know. I mean, if you're building the team from scratch, now I know you have to get to a salary floor. Who do you go with? Do you go with a, a young defenseman with some possibilities? And I know there are a lot of Oilers fans out there that, that don't like Reinhardt, but I still think he's got some potential to be an NHL defenseman. I, I think with Pouliot, you know what you're getting. I mean, he was on the Oilers' fourth line at the end of the year and killing penalties, and he actually did okay in that role, but obviously he was overpaid for that role. 
Uh, I'm going to get to the phone lines in a second here. Mark from Vermilion, nice town, texting in. He says, Reed, please comment on the Dumba rumors. I think you would address our second pairing right shot need perfectly. Perfect age to mix in with our core and has some untapped offensive ability. Would move our first rounder and any prospect not named Puglia Yarvi, Bear, or Jones. That is Mark from Vermilion. I, I, uh, I think there's some appeal to me as well for Matthew Dumba. The first for Dumba, and then maybe something else involved, or maybe uh, you know, maybe the Oilers get a later round draft pick and got to give up a bit of a prospect. Because here's the thing: the Oilers' defense is going to be without Andre Sekera for about half the season, give or take. Right with the torn ACL, uh, Dumba's still pretty young. He can shoot the puck. He can play a little bit mean. And if you knew you were getting him it puts a little bit less pressure on to sign Chris Russell. And then I know there's some concern from me too about how long do you want to be locked into Chris Russell with, right? You're like, what if he wants four by four? I know there's the report out today that Vegas was talking to Chris Russell. They can talk to free agents and try to get a commitment from a free agent before the expansion draft. So then they could theoretically sign Russell and then claim him. And that would be who the Oilers would lose. I don't know if I'm going to get too uh, hot and heavy on that because if you're Vegas, I, why not just talk? To, I mean, I'm sure they talk to him. It doesn't necessarily mean Russell's that interested, but you got an exclusive window here to talk to free agents, so why wouldn't you? All right. You can text 630-630, but I got Jared on line one. Hello, Jared. Hi, Reed. I just want to make a couple of comments on like the Las Vegas team in general. And most people talk about it in the sense of like a hockey point of view but you got to wonder like las vegas is not your uh, normal city it's like the entertainment capital of the world and hockey is not really known there the fans don't know much about analytics and the finer points of the game and you got to wonder that they're talking a lot of people are saying well they should collect these draft picks and build for three or four years down the road but you got to ask yourself is how long in a city like las vegas can you go with losing, having a mediocre team, and then all of a sudden you got seven, eight thousand people mm-hmm. in the seats? And you got to say, well, maybe they should be going after a guy like Ovechkin to have that star power. And you look at when Gretzky was traded in 1988. If he would have never went to LA, there would likely not be a team in Anaheim. There wouldn't be one in San Jose or Florida, and there probably wouldn't even be an Austin Matthews. Sure. So I do believe they have to try and win like as soon as possible and i think that if they select the right defenseman with flurry and goal they could have one of the top 10 back ends in the nhl and i think they still have to go that way because if if all of a sudden you start you trade like let's say uh a defenseman like joss manson you take a first round pick next year to avoid picking him this year you, you don't know what who like he's all those defensemen are young it's not like they're 30 35 years old but can you wait three, four years down the road and when you're trying to establish a fan base in a city where hockey is not really known and you're competing against so much else. Like here, this is all we have is hockey here. Mm-hmm. And we can be the worst team for 10 straight years and we're still going to sell out every night. So the thing is, is it should be run more hockey-based or entertainment-based? That's what I always think. Well, yeah, I think you got a lot in there, Jared. I mean, I, I, you're right. They're, they're prob- they, they should get Flurry and Net, obviously. I, I still don't think they're going to have a very good team uh, overall. I mean, I think they'll have decent players, but who will probably be playing will be 
will have to do will be asked to do more than they've usually done in their career. Like they might be playing a line or two up in the lineup, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, will will fans go? Certainly, they're going to go to begin with. Certainly, they'll get. I think they will get some uh, Canadians going to games. I mean, we have seen teams survive in unconventional markets. Yeah. Um, now, a couple of them don't do very well. I think Florida and Arizona come to the top of my list. Uh, you know, Na- Nashville. Nashville kind of looked like a hockey city the last few yeah. months, didn't it? So I, I don't. I understand what you're saying, Jared. But here's the thing: if the if the ownership has money, they're going to get a team. Uh, here's the thing, Jared. I'm just just for argument's sake, because you make good points. But if I all of a sudden got a became a billionaire whatever like i from people all of a sudden enjoy hearing about def leppard for three hours a night and i make a billion dollars hosting this show okay so (laughs) and i go to the nba and first of all i go to daryl cates and i say look i want to put an nba team and i'd have to go to the city too i guess in roger's place and they say yeah give us this amount of money and then i went to the nba and said okay what's the expansion fee they would give me a team they wouldn't care. Well, I don't know if Edmonton's an NBA hotbed. Like, I would get a team if I had yeah. money, and then I'd have to sell it from there. And I think that they're going to work hard on the selling it part in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I just I comment on that MMA uh, sure. fighter is that I think that maybe 100 years from now, we're going to look back at a lot of these sports that won't exist anymore, and we're going to say, I can't believe we actually had boxing. Maybe. Yep. I think that that's the way it's going. And, you know, you think about how many times you see something where there's an accident and they do the autopsy and the guy had a pre-existing condition so you don't you don't know like where it's really coming from like the russian that died near on with the on the bench something like that can just happen but i think the way society is going and uh i, I don't know how long some of these sports will be around i think it's still in our lifetime but 100 150 years from now i don't think i think they would say wow they actually did something like that Jared, yeah, you're, and I, I don't want to do too much of that tonight yeah. because obviously, you know, it's it's you know Tim Hague passed away, and, and that's really tragic. Sad, yeah. But from a from a big picture standpoint, uh, I, I think I think you raise a point. And boxing popularity, even in my lifetime, has yeah. has waned quite a bit. And I mean, in the what in the 30s, even into the 60s, into the 70s, it was quite big and. Yeah. You know, I th- I think you could go up to a lot of people now who are probably, you know, fairly interested in sports and they might not be able to name the heavyweight champ or more than a couple of boxers, right? Yeah. I mean, Mayweather's been retired a couple of years and probably he's still the most famous boxer in the world and he's going to fight the McGregor guy, right? Yeah, and it's unfortunate because like boxing and and MMA, especially boxing is such a technical sport and it's uh it's it's good to watch but when something like that happens, it's it's pretty sad, and, and you know people get steered away from the sport too, right? Jared, it's always good to talk to you. Have a good night, Reed. All right, that's Jared checking in. Oh my goodness, it's Chris from Phoenix on the line. Chris, you got a couple of minutes. Go ahead, buddy. All right, so uh, so uh, Toronto was celebrating what their fifty seventh or their sixtieth anniversary of their cup, right? Their last cup. Sorry, say that again. So Toronto celebrated what their 57th anniversary or 60th anniversary of the last well, 60, one the cup, right? oh, 60, like 70, 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. 50 years. So in about 100 years and 150 years, they'll be celebrating their 200 year anniversary. Well, I okay, oh, okay. sure. You're just want to <laughs> trash talk Toronto people. We're not a national just, show. There's like two <laughs> Leafs fans listening. <laughs> I'm just joking. Hey, I kind of I kind of agree with the last caller. Um, 
regarding um, Vegas icing an actual competitive team. And to me, when I when I hear um, you know McPhee saying, "Oh well, if you want, you don't want us to, if you want me to take your uh, your players, pay for them," right. I think that's stupid. To be honest, if you look at Anaheim and if you can, if a team can pick either Josh Manson or Vatnin and have them as as a future top four for another decade, I would rather just pick those players or one of those two players and forego the, the draft pick. Because well, let's face it, top four defensemen and Josh Manson was drafted what the sixth round. I think it's it's, it's some ridiculous. And, and, and we all know the draft picks, especially for defensemen, it takes a long time to to actually to groom these players, and it's, it's a crapshoot a lot of times. So I would rather take the surefire bet and draft and draft that player and just you know go from there. Because you, if you're looking at a team, you're going to start on a team either with Vatnin or Manson and. Dumba, that's a pretty good couple of defensemen right there to start off, and that's not including you know all the other teams that are uh, well. You got Florida that's going to have to uh, give up on Demers. Then you have uh, the Islanders, which uh, will probably lose uh, Dehan. So those are some pretty pretty good little players that uh, that have already been developed, and you know you don't have to develop them. So who are um, the Oilers going to lose, you know, Chris? All... Who are the Oilers going to lose? I can't hear you. Who are the Oilers going to lose? Who are the Oilers going to lose? Uh, probably Reinhardt because I don't think any any a GM in their right mind would take Pouliot because he's overpaid. He's just you know it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking Reinhardt and then maybe even Kara because Kara's a, a, a an intriguing prospect and you know big body and he's he showed that he's got some wheels and he's got some hands. So I don't know. If they, I'm leaning right towards Reinhardt, which I'm going to hate to see uh, see Oilers fans reaction uh, to that because you know how that went when we. Uh, we picked him up a couple years ago. So, so I have read, and uh, I'll talk more about the Oilers uh, in the days and weeks to come, but I'm excited. Um, all I'm going to say is we got robbed in the second round, but whatever, <laughs> it is what it is. I Let's know. go Oilers. McDavid's going to score 120 points this year, and that's it. There we go. There's Chris from Phoenix. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. For tuning in, it is 6.34. We're just chatting with Morley Scott, who's getting ready for the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. That's coming up an hour from now. New addition to the, well, we kind of, we've had the Eskimos show now. We got the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. That's going to be on throughout the season. We'll have uh, some Eskimo talk as we roll along tonight. It's Inside Sports at 635 7804960063 is the phone number. You can text 630 uh, I'll try to catch up on a few texts here. I don't know if I can quite get to all of them. A few of them rolled in here over the last five or ten minutes. Uh, this texter says the Nashville franchise has had a long road to success. Vegas at least can expect to have a fair number of visitors at their games. Sean says friends of mine figured out going to Vegas for a game will be cheaper than going to an Oilers game in Edmonton. Wild, eh? Plus, there's gambling in the bathrooms. Wait, so maybe it's more expensive. (laughs) But more fun. Or not. Well, it's fun. Or horrible. Vegas is confusing. (laughs) 
sharp shot. Uh, that's a good one, Sean. Is there actually? I, I've been to Vegas a couple times. Is there actually gambling in the bathrooms? I know you can find a slot machine pretty much everywhere. I can't remember if I saw one in the bathroom, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I I do I do think Vegas. I don't want to say Vegas is relying on visitors. I mean, and and, and I mean they have commitments for I think about fourteen thousand seasons tickets. So I think people will go. But but look, if the Oilers play on a Thursday, could you see yourself as an Edmontonian going down on a Wednesday, going to the game on a Thursday, maybe going to see Blue Man Group or a little Cirque du Soleil on the Friday and uh, spend Wednesday by the pool, maybe at a slot machine or at a table, and then uh, come back on Sunday? I, I think Canadians are going to do that. I think Canadians are going to do that. Just got a text that simply says Ovechkin, question mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ovechkin, question mark. It's like Jeopardy. Like, who is he? Yeah, I'm not sure. It just says Ovechkin. Well, that, I mean, that was one of the rumors, right? That Vegas would, would try to get Ovechkin to make a splash. Uh, a, why, if, if you're, I mean, if you're George McPhee, the GM of the Golden Knights, you are, you're looking into everything. As I think most GMs do. But I think as an expansion team, you could even take a wider scope. I mean, what would you? What, what do they have? Sixth overall this year? Would you trade uh, this year's first, and uh, you know maybe another first round pick in the next two or three years, and uh, you know a player for Ovechkin? The thing is, does Washington would Washington trade Ovechkin? Would it really came down to it? I don't know. I mean, the owner loves him, right? He's kind of the owner's pet. I don't know if that's happening. Ovechkin? Question mark? Maybe that should be the challenge tonight to the text line. Just text in one word with a question mark and see if I can figure out what you're actually asking. Uh, uh, Gordo, by the way, just uh, texted me, which I can't read on the air. Gordo, I read your text. Thank you for that information. You should open the text line so you could read Gordo's text. Warren, definitely not. Not It's NSFW. Is that the phrase the kids use? Not safe for work? Did you just read it? Yeah, we're, de- we're definitely not reading that one on air, Gordo. But uh, I, I appreciate you sharing me, uh, sharing that disgusting story with me. All right. A couple people saying, what about uh, Tyler Pitlick? Reed, he had a good start. I, I don't know if Tyler Pitlick has that much cachet to Vegas, to be honest with you. And look, Tyler Pitlick was a great story for the Oilers. What did he have, eight goals before he got injured, just before the halfway point of the season? I, I just I, I just would think, I mean, if I'm, if I'm looking at Tyler Pitlick, I'm thinking small sample size. Would he be able to maintain that? And well, let me ask you this, what, what is Tyler Pitlick? Do we do we really? I mean, what is he a third liner? Is he a fourth liner? Is he a is he a fourth liner who can kill penalty? I mean, probably he's got some speed. Uh, I think he played a little bit of a reckless game at, at, at times. I mean, he gets the speed going. And he got in there and hit, which which was good. Um, but I, I don't know if you can play with that. Um, not wildness isn't the right word, but I, I thought he needed to be a little bit more in control at times. I th- here's the thing. I mean, if you who's let's let's say Kara and Pitlick are still both Oilers' property in three years, who's who's probably an all-around better player? I think I see more in in Kara 
personally. And if Reinhardt's the guy that goes, I just think that's because you can never have enough defensemen. And, you know, the as one of the callers pointed out, they might get a, you know, a couple, few, or, you know, a few good, maybe they get Vatanen, maybe they get Manson, maybe they get DeHaan, right? So they might have some okay defensemen where you can still develop Reinhardt for a year or two and see what happens there if you're Vegas. Fair, fair questions, though, about Pitlick. And that's how the dialogue changed throughout the year, right? Because Rob and I used to get asked, well, who are the Oilers going to use? Well, and we said, well, probably Brandon Davidson. Well, now that Brandon Davidson uh, isn't an Oiler. Somebody asking about Sam Gagne. Was he protected by Game Columbus? to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, why do I have audio on here? Nashville Predators having won nine. All right. Sorry about that. Computer audio. Uh, Sam Gagne was left unprotected by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They protected Atkinson, Dubinsky, Felino, Hartnell, Jenner, Saad, Wenberg. On defense, they protected Jones, Murray, and David Savard. And obviously, they protected Bobrovsky and Nett. Uh, this texture says, Hi, Reed. Some of these Dumba offers are hilarious. Would you trade Clefbaum for a late first and a prospect you've never heard of? The GM of the Wild isn't giving Dumba away from scraps. You know, I do appreciate that text because sometimes when you flip it around and look at it from the opposite perspective, or what if the Oilers were giving up a player like that, that's a fair point. Steven says, Hi, Reed, I like Nugent Hopkins, but the reality is McDavid and Dreisaitl have pushed him down in the depth chart. Eberle hasn't been surpassed by anyone to take his spot getting 20 goals over 50 points. Trade Nuge for Barry, especially if Colorado is trading Duchesne, and uh, then sign a new third-line center. I believe Everly will bounce back and uh, can see him being this team's Kessel, like he's been playing in Pittsburgh. That is a text coming in from Steven. You know, that, and that's, Steven, I, I appreciate that point because I think a lot of the people who are, are want Jordan Everly out are not recognizing that he still has a lot of pretty big positives as a hockey player. I, I just kind of think his his time here has come to an end. Uh, and maybe I'm going to be wrong. And if he comes back, then great. I hope he's able to, to contribute. And you're right, he did contribute with points. Third leading scorer on the team in the regular season. 20 goals, that's a, that's a good plateau in this day and age. But here's the thing... I. Here, here's my counterpoint to that, Stephen, and that, that is an intelligent text. McDavid and Drysaddle have pushed Nugent Hopkins down in the depth chart, but I mean, but isn't that a good thing to have a center like Nugent Hopkins, who might be your your second or third line center, depending on where Drysaddle plays, and he's probably going to be a center more often than not this season. I mean, what if your centers are? McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Latestu with Kajula as the floater where he can play all over, right? And then maybe they say they sign somebody else who can take face-offs or has some versatility as well. I'm just, I'm just saying I, that to me, the, the fact that Nugent Hopkins has been passed by other people doesn't make him expendable because I still think he has a pretty valuable all-round skill set. I, I guess that's how I would reply to that. Now, having said that, maybe that makes him more valuable than trade. And what happened last summer? Nugent Hopkins, Everly Hall. We knew one of the three was going. Well, the best player out of the three went, right? So maybe that's what's going to happen this year, too. But I, I still think Everly's going to wind up getting traded. 
Southside Rob says, Hi, Reed. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be more competitive than most people think. George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, Scott Luce, Kelly Kissio, and the team are all smart hockey guys. There are lots of great players in the NHL's unprotected list to choose from, in my opinion. That is from Southside Rob. Yeah, I, I don't know, Rob. I, I, I just don't think they're going to be a good. I don't think they'll be a very good team. I, I think they'll. they'll I think they'll. They might be okay. I, I don't know if they're really going to be dangerous or challenge from a playoffs. Challenge for a playoff spot. Mark says, uh, Reed, did you watch Eberle in the playoffs? Come on, man, you got to move him. Hey, Mark, I, I'm with. I, I've, I've been critical of Eberle and how he did in the playoffs. What? What did? And I, I agree with what Rob Brown said after the series. And ask yourself this question: Did Jordan Eberle have a good scoring opportunity on his forehand in, or pardon me, against Anaheim? Did he have a good scoring opportunity on his forehand in seven games against the Anaheim Ducks? I don't think he did. A lot of shots he took went right into the goalie's belly, right into the logo. And I, I know there's some comments about, well, what if Everly's shooting percentage bounces back? My argument is he earned that shooting percentage by not getting enough dangerous shots away and shots from dangerous positions. So, I, I look, I've been very critical of Jordan Everly to the point that some people have told me to back off. I'm just saying let's not act like he's a, a scrappy player that can just be discarded. That's all I'm saying. All right. A lot of texts coming in. I'll get to those. Uh, quickly go to Jed on the line. Jed, hey, go guys. ahead. Hey, Reed. Okay, I'm with you on Everly. Uh, get rid of them. Number one, we've turned the corner. Just like we turned the corner with the coaches and everything else. We're going big. We're going hard in the corners. You see Nudes going and get the puck. He fights two guys off and brings the puck out of there. Um, 50 points. Well, okay. $6 million. We can probably do a lot with $6 million. I say move them. Uh, when they got rid of Taylor Fall there, I said, uh, I think Everly should go too. Because just the way that the mentality goes, he, it's like he doesn't have his heart in it. And I, I, I like him. He was a really good player before. But uh, like you say, I think we got to move. Thanks a lot, Reed. Okay. Thanks, Jed. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'll catch up on some of your texts. Uh, we got Eskimos offensive lineman DeAnthony Batiste coming up as well. Matt Salmon from Tampa Bay is going to talk a little bit about the Jonathan Druin trade. It's Inside Sports on Chad. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty Chad. We got the Blue Jays in Texas, 1-1 in the top of the third. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. U.S. Open over the weekend. I, I, I got to say, uh, I did not get to watch nearly as much of the U.S. Open as I do usually with a golf major, but Brooks Kepka winning it. I saw a little bit of his back nine yesterday when he really took control of the tournament and pulled away. And I, I will just quickly say this. I won't spend too much time on the golf, but you guys know I'm, I'm really into the golf. I know some of you are, some of you aren't. I was I was kind of glad to see the scores under par. Now, it was not windy for the first three days, so the course was a little unprotected, as they, as they like to say. But I, I kind of don't like the USGA's policy of trying to have even par win the tournament because if two guys are battling at the end of a tournament or there's a group of guys or whatever I don't want to see the winner go par par bogey bogey over the last four holes and win because the other guy went 
par, double bogey, bogey, bogey. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the great thing about Augusta and the Masters is that there are birdies out there to be had. You, there are also bogeys out there to be had, but but there are low scores to be had if you go out there and play well. And I think it's more exciting to see a guy pull off a great shot, put it close to the hole, and then make the putt or sink a long putt as opposed to a guy just surviving and scratching out a par, and that's how he wins the tournament. Just my opinion. All right. You can text 630-630. You can also call 780-496-0063. I am getting a lot of texts tonight. If I don't read yours, don't be offended. Uh, and there are some coming in along similar ideas. Uh, Corey says, I love Edmonton fans. We get rid of the stars around here. <laughs> well, they're not getting rid of McDavid, Corey. Uh... Dave Leppard texting in. He says, hey, Reed, I don't see the Oilers moving Eberly unless there's a deal that would fill a hole that we are desperate to fill, as I'm sure we'll take a loss on the trade. We are much stronger all over the roster than we were when we made the Adam Larson trade. Eberly would have to be replaced by a point getter, and those are hard to come by. Would you agree? Okay, I, I guess, again, here's my counter to that. And you know what? That's a that's a perfectly good point. I I. I, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of you are making valid points that I totally see your logic in. But if I'm choosing one side of the scale, you're and and Dave Leppard is right. They 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 may wind up trading Everly for a guy who will not directly replace his points. But maybe there's a, a free agent that Shirelli's going to sign that could, that could chip in, and uh, and how much internal growth is going to take place? Right, that's another question. What will Drake Kajula do, possibly playing a whole season? What will Anton Slepeshev do, possibly playing a whole season? And how will Jesse Pugliarvi do if he plays for a full season? So if, if those guys pick it up and step in, does, does that account for the, the loss of, of Everly's points? That, that's, how, that's how I'm wondering if Shirelli is looking at that. Uh, Lars texting in, I thought that anti-Toronto caller was funny. I don't think they celebrated that 50-year anniversary. Ha ha, that is from Lars. Right, what did Chris from Phoenix say? That the Maple Leafs just celebrated their 50th anniversary of the last cup? I guess it's more that they recognized it. (laughs) They acknowledged it. I think the Leaf fans were celebrating it. Come on, Reed. I don't know. There's probably like Leafs fans like listening right now that are really mad well see that's why I said it now now you can throw me under the bus (sighs) Brian says come on guys Las Vegas should be as good or better than us four of the last ten years well I can't argue with that I mean if Las Vegas finishes higher than 28th then they've outdone uh, the Oilers for many of the decade of darkness uh, Sean says, this is the same Sean that's been texting? I don't know if it is or no, it is. Sean's busy tonight. That's fine. He's a good texter. He goes, I'm with you, Reed. Let's have a golf tournament that's exciting and not an exercise in boredom. Low scores and awesome putts are the way to go. Well, I appreciate getting a golf text. Don't get nearly enough. Uh, this texter says, I think fans are already forgetting about Horkoff. As soon as Hork left, the team just collapsed. You can't trade away guys like Nuge. They don't grow on trees. Well, the team was, okay, two things to that. Um, the team was already pretty bad at the end of Horkoff's career here. 
but that that is that is a good point. And, and the one, you know, the one texter says, "Why are we getting rid of the stars?" Somebody else texted in saying, "Why does it always have to be a whipping boy?" I do think sometimes you have to, as frustrated as you might get with players, sometimes you have to say, "What does he do?" as opposed to "What doesn't he do?" And if you look at what does he do and think, well, we can live with the flaws because what he does do is pretty hard to replace, then you got to realize there's still a lot of value in that player. And that, and I think Nugent Hopkins does more overall than Everly. Now, maybe part of that is the position that he plays, but and yes, he has to get better at faceoffs. But I still think Nugent Hopkins overall does more than Everly. Will that make him more valuable in the trade market? Well, obviously it does. Mike says Everly was a Canadian junior star, but he is far from an NHL star. Uh, Mike says, what points are you talking about? Everly was useless in the playoffs. Well, you're right, Mike. He didn't get any goals in the playoffs. But, I mean, I, I don't th- I don't think you can say, okay, they finally made the playoffs and he didn't score in 13 games, so is there, there's absolutely no value to the player. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it that far in, in just saying the, the playoffs, though the playoffs are incredibly important, but I wouldn't just say that's the be-all and end-all of, of assessing the player. I mean, there, there has to be – I mean – Counterpoint again. I'm doing a lot of counterpoints tonight. Even some that I'm just I'm just doing for for the heck of it. Mark Letestu was the second leading scorer on the Oilers in the playoffs. Is he the second best player on the team? Well, no. So you, the playoffs are important, but I don't think you want to overvalue it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six. There's a lot of good texts tonight. Thank you for writing in. Uh, we're going to go to Tampa. Matt Salmon's going to tell us what's going on with the Lightning in the wake of that Jonathan Drouin deal. And uh, we'll quickly catch up with uh, Eskimo's offensive lineman, DeAnthony Batiste. He is back with the team. It's Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.